Welcome to day 30 of season 2, Shaped by the Word, the, the drama of Scripture. And uh, if we've ever involved ourselves in family drama, we were going to do it this week as we uh, move past uh, you know, the beautiful receiving of Rebecca by Isaac and the two of them uh, comforting one another uh, and uh, uh, coming together in their marriage, uh, skipping past the death of Abraham to uh, twin sons that are born. Uh, you know, too, Rebecca, again, there's a theme here that she is unable to bear children. And so we're just kind of you know, hanging on the edge as God's promises uh, to bless Abram and make him into a, a nation and to bless all the nations of the earth. And we're, we're off to a very slow start. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, we're reminded of what Peter tells us about God is God is not slow in keeping his promises as we count slowness. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he is patient with us, and he is working out his plan, and he is reminding us that this is uh, not from Abraham, but this is not from Isaac, but this is from him from beginning to end. So we're introduced to the birth of these two sons that uh, actually are contending with each other uh, you know, from the womb. So we find ourselves in the middle of you know, chapter 25. We're going to start at verse 19 uh, before we do. Uh, Let's offer this moment and let's offer ourselves to the Lord as we read his word and see his hand at work, not only in keeping his promises to Abraham, but establishing the promises that he will give us in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Matt, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the grace that we have in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the joy of our salvation and and the reminder that you are um, the God who has accomplished all things, the God who um, from the the very beginning sought uh, our redemption. Um, Even as we're reading through uh, the drama of Scripture, we're reminded um, just how faithful you you are and how faithful you've been and will continue to be. And so, Father, as we read your word, uh, would you use it to encourage us, uh, to transform us, to to bring glory to yourself. Father, help us to um, to see you in all of your beauty, to behold wonderful things through your word. Um, Father, that we would delight in you uh, through our time together. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Chapter 25, verse 19. This is the account of the family line of Abram's son Isaac. Abraham became the father of Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he married Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel. The Aramean from Paddan Aram and the sister of Laban, the Aramean. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was childless. The Lord answered his prayer, and his wife Rebecca became pregnant. The babies jostled each other within her, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first to come out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment, so they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when Rebekah gave birth to them. The boys grew up, and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. He said to Jacob, Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. That is why he was called Edom. Jacob replied, First, sell me your birthright. 
Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is a birthright to me? But Jacob said, Swear to me first. So he swore on an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. He ate and drank, and then he got up and left. So Esau despised his birthright. Interesting story, you know, from beginning to end. But we're reminded, you know, of the early chapters of Genesis, probably one of the first um, one of the first daunting signs of the fall was a breakdown of the family. You have two brothers in deep contention with other, each other, you know, Cain and Abel. You see jealousy, you see competition, you see contention, you know, between the two of them. And, of course, this is repeated here. And even though this is, you know, God keeping his promises, it's still very messy because we have humanity involved. And not only do we have humanity involved, we have <coughs> fallen humanity involved. And we're going to further see that uh, simply being under God's promises doesn't, you know, eliminate the ragged edges of fallen humanity. Mm-hmm. And the ultimate answer for that will come much later in the story as he renews people heart mind and soul through the lord jesus christ Mm -hmm. so when we look at this we do see that family contention we see the family breakdown and we are we've called this season the drama of scripture (laughs) we're about to enter into a dysfunctional family in ways that uh, we we probably couldn't even even imagine Mm -hmm. so what are some of the things that stand out in a pretty short reading today compared to uh, the last couple that we've done I don't think I'd ever noticed just how long they did have to wait for a child, or in this case, two children. Um, Like, we know that Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years from the time of the promise to Isaac coming, right? So this is 20 years. This is almost that long. But um, we don't get all the stories in between um, that we did with Abraham. So that's a long time for them to wait. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that it was slow and that he had to um, come before the Lord and, and ask the Lord to, to help his wife um, get pregnant. Mm-hmm. But I never realized just how long that they waited bet- between getting married and um, having the twins. Yeah, and, and you could have scripture will give us, you know, highlights in, in the narratives so we have, you know, we have not only, you know, we have 22 silent years. Also, if he were, he was 66, uh, Abram would have still been alive. I, I know we've already mm-hmm. done his funeral in the previous chapters, but if you add up his age and you add up Isaac's age and you add up this age, <laughs> there would have been, a, you know, a little bit of crossover, mm-hmm. but they're emphasizing, you know, what is, you know, deeply you know, deeply important here and what deeply important is how God is fulfilling this promise, but also how God is adding a twist to the plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is breaking with tradition here where uh, the firstborn is the son that usually carries on the family line. And here, mm-hmm. before they're born, and this is very important, the Apostle Paul is going to make a lot of this, mm-hmm. before they're born, he makes a choice. And he chooses the one, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, as I read the passage, I'm with Isaac. I, I'm like an Esau, except for the hairy garment stuff. I'm not too much for you know, kids that come out looking like a hairy garment. But, I mean, you know, you're a skillful hunter, and he's a great cook. Mm-hmm. You know, he does, you know, nice, you know, smoked meats, you know, and all kinds of stuff like this. Like. This, is a, this is awesome. I like that kid, too. And, uh, Jacob, why are you just wandering around the tents? Why did you do something, you know, kind of, you know, kind of useful? And, it, and it's not because, you know, Jacob is, is, is a man strong in character. His very name 
uh, you know, to hold on to one's heel. That's what his name means, but it also means to trip someone up, mm-hmm. you know, or to deceive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're going to, you mm-hmm. know, this is going to be a part of his character that you're going to see throughout, you know, the story this week. But God is kind of turning things on their head just to let us know, you know, as high as the heavens above, you know, or above the earth, so higher his ways above our ways and his thoughts above our thoughts. And so he's giving us a little twist. I'm not always going to do things the way you expect me to do them. But I am going to be faithful to my promises from beginning to end. I also think we're seeing in in a small way um, kind of this contrast between the patience of, um, you know, of Isaac and Rebecca and then also the impatience of Esau. Whereas we're not exactly sure when they started praying for a child, but you know, a twenty-year time frame. Yeah, at some point there would have been this prevailing prayer, like Lord, just as you've done previously. And, you know, and we know you're powerful to do. Will you open the womb of Rebecca? Uh, and and so there's a, a patience there of waiting on the Lord to fulfill His promise and to open the womb. And and you know, I'm sure they were expecting like the offspring's got to come soon. You know, when when is this child of the of the seed going to come? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and then you get on the other side Esau, who who is impatient. Um, and it's we're going to see this is just kind of that quick scene. You're kind of what what is the world is going on with this birthright, but we're intru- we're being introduced to more than just a birthright, but also to the character of Esau and um, his impatience and a foundational biblical promise as well. So, and to keep your eyes out, you have to love Esau, and you know I, I can relate to him completely. He's hungry. I'm about to die. I haven't eat, I haven't eaten since breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> like three hours. Man. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time since I've eaten. <laughs> And uh, here I am, you know, living in one of the most wealthy families in the world with food all around me all the, all the time, and I'm I'm about to die. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, there's a there's a tragedy here, uh, you know, that is deep. He trades away the gifts of God and the blessing of God for a bowl of stew. Mm-hmm. And we look at that and we go, "What a ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know, trade." Uh, but we tend to do the same thing. We, we tend to, you know, uh, look at our immediate needs and our immediate wants and the things, you know, that are right there in front of us. And we make those bigger, you know, than they need to be. And we make the blessing and the presence of God so much smaller than it needs to be. So tragically, you know, we, we've all made this trade. We, we've chosen to live for the moment rather than, you know, living for the Lord. And there's just kind of a a little application, you know, that's built in that to love God's gifts greater than the immediacy of what we think we need. No, we see, yeah, Esau has like this place within like God's plan of redemption, this, even though he, God's known what he's going to do, but he's still the firstborn and he has this birthright and this place and this wonderful story of being a blessing to the nations. And then, yeah, sells it for some bread and, and some lentil stew. Um, Which sounds so good right now. It's getting pretty close to lunch. Only some beef in this. As we record record this. Uh, I always do think it's funny, you know, that they know that Esau was a skillful skillful hunter and then came and said the word. word. (laughs) Um, You know, then Esau loves wild game. And so you have this emphasis on on meat and, you know, kind of this hearty stew. And then what he sells it for is lentils. You know, it's... I just think it's funny. So disappointing, <laughs> all, all the way, all the way around. And and of course, you also come across another story of skillful fishermen who can't catch fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, later in our story. So hang on for about six months, and we'll get you there. <laughs> you know, it, it, as well. And isn't it? Uh, I know. Even in Hebrews, I think there's something that speaks of you know, 
don't be like Esau who, you know, and, and unholy sold his birthright, you yeah. know, for, for a single meal. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it's like we've, and, and so that's just, he has a birthright. I mean, if mm-hmm. we think of all that we've been given later on in the promises of God in Christ, and, and as to what you're saying, Paul, to, to forfeit that wow. for the sake of something such, so much lesser. Um, we, none of us want to do that, but we do it all the time. Yeah, we get caught yeah. up in immediacy and we get attached to, you know, smaller graces or smaller blessings and we forget uh, the magnitude of the gift that we have mm-hmm. and, uh, and would sometimes easily trade it away just for a little more fame, just for a little more fortune, just for, you know, a little more ease or a little more, you know, comfort, you know, in everything that we have, you know, in him. I think what blows me away is not only the impatience of Esau, but the deceit of Jacob in that moment, because he saw an opportunity and he took it. And, um, and the fact that God chose Jacob to continue his line. And I mean, really was the name of his people. Um, that's just, that blows me away that God would choose someone deceitful, someone who from the very beginning, was um you know grabbing the heel and tripping up his brother um but then again like as we always do we take a step back and we see how god continues to use people like us who are deceitful and sinful um selfish and um it brings us hope that you know if he can use jacob in such powerful ways then then he can also forgive and use us in powerful ways too now when we're at our when we're at our worst it's an insult you know, to us that uh, we are, you know, we are much like Jacob. We are, we are a people, you know, bent on our own glory and, and, you know, manipulating, you know, things for our own outcome rather than, you know, neither one of these, you know, characters comes off, you know, very well. And that's, you know, important, you know, for us to remember. And that's exactly what Paul is going to say in Romans 9. It's not, it's not the good or bad in them. It's the good in the Heavenly Father who chooses them. And that's a reminder you know, that his purposes, you know, stand. And so it's also a reminder, you know, of his faithfulness rather than our, our, you know, our performance, mm-hmm. you know, that sets us right. And this is a, you know, stark contrast. But you're, you're right. We've, we've been hard on Esau. We should be equally hard, uh, you know, on, on Jacob because the promise of God has already come to him that he will, um, he will inherit, you know, the blessing. Yeah. And yet, in, in more than one instance, we're going to see him manipulating circumstances you know, for his own end in order to to uh, to gain what God has already promised him. And so it is a it is a nice well I say a nice, it's kind of a ragged story, but it's a nice reminder of how God works in the middle of ragged lives in order, you know, to accomplish his purposes. Heavenly Father, there's so much uh, Jacob in us, we manipulate circumstances uh, when we already have great promises from you. And there's so much of us that's like Esau that we easily give up those promises and, 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 and inheritance that you've given us for the immediacy of the moment. Uh, Father, may we, may we know the good graces that we have in you and may the common graces you know, around us that are so wonderful like uh, and a great meal or a great family and great neighborhoods and great community that all of those are possible because of an even greater God. And may we find our joy not in the gifts around us as much as the one who has given the gifts. And may 
uh, our joy in you enhance all the small joys we have in every grace that you've afforded us. And also may they comfort us in, in, in the places where it seems like grace is absent for the moment. You're a good God and a holy God, and we love you deeply. Amen. Amen.